welcome. Ooh. Ooh. What's that? Welcome. What's that? That sounds like a sounds like a microphone upgrade for always strikes last, and this time it's always strikes late, which is when we can only find a time zone overlap, which is late, <laughs> late at night for me, or at weird times for everybody else. Always strikes late, coming at you with the sensual side of the mortal realms. Yes, yeah. <laughs> sweet smooth yeah. mic. Let's put on that Sigmar jazz. <laughs> Caleb Brian Hop, maybe some Ibnet deep tunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, welcome to Always Strikes Last, the Age of Sigmar podcast where we talk about Age of Sigmar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes other stuff, but generally the, the former thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm Gen- Miles and I'm done. joined. Joined by Matt and Jack. <laughs> uh, so we get through the opening, the opening reel. Okay. <laughs> Can y'all hear that? It's it's been a it's been a rough rough go at it. We're yeah. up early. We're up late. We're all just Good. up at random times. Time zones are weird, man. That's the worst. <laughs> Um, yeah, good. Uh, so with all that, uh, excitement about worlds and all that stuff from the last couple of weeks, uh, we forgot that Jack went to a cool tournament. And so we're going to talk about that. Yeah. You know, this, this particular episode is going to be a fun combo of some of my adventures at the iron world. And of course, exciting new topics like the GHB coming out this upcoming weekend. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, I guess without, without further ado, I'll launch into the, the stuff I encountered at Ironworld. Well, that was an adventure. Awesome tournament. You know, massive fun time. You know, a Wakefield organized by the Wicked Dicey folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and it was just awesome. It was sort of like a top tier, like who's who of like potent Warhammer AOS players, you know, kind of coming in from all over. So it was a very stacked house, you know, about, about 60 players in the tournament. Nice. And yeah, yeah. So very, very chill, you know, kind of the usual thing, stay at the convention center if you can, you know, hang out with everybody, you know, catch up, you know, occasionally kick teeth in, occasionally get your teeth kicked in. Mm. And uh, yeah, let, let me tell you guys all about it. So I'd say that not to bury the lead, but I was the epitome of balance. I maintained the balance in this one coming in Ooh. at a 2.5 out of 5. <laughs> so, so right, in the, right in the middle. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. As all so things should be. Yes. I maintained it. So that, that's what I'll take away, take away from that one. But, but yeah, you know, I, I forayed in for us and I was bringing the, uh, bringing the slaves to darkness and doing my kind of Slaneshi mainly themed kind of variant on that. And it was mm-hmm. a heck of a lot of fun. You know, you know, I've sort of talked about this, this list before on the podcast, but it's about charging really far, really hard with Slaneshi chosen <laughs> And then kind of having some fun support pieces in the form of like lords and sorcerers and, you know, like unmade and uh, mm-hmm. maybe some chaos warriors like set an objective, you know, to do the usual kind of good stuff. But, you know, the, the plan worked partially. <laughs> so I'll say that. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes so it only needs to work partially to work. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing about the tournament was I did have five fantastic games, five great opponents, you know, really enjoyed like every single one of them. You know, those who I knew, it was great to catch up. Those who I hadn't met yet, you know, kind of the meet five new friends, you know, mm-hmm. eat those really at full force. 
Oh, uh, nice. Let me let me walk you guys through the the quick version. Quick version is sort of relive with all of our audience the highs and lows. So first out of the gates, I had a player, a really great guy named Mike McAbee, uh, who had Soul Blight Grave Lords. And this guy's a, a tough crowd team member. And I didn't okay. really Who know, isn't these days? Jeez. No. It's it's a who's <laughs> who of good Warhammer players yeah. or Wicked Dicey or the other good clubs. But <laughs> not that all clubs aren't good, but you know what I mean, the ones that seem to sort of Absolutely. show up at various places and duke it out. And as we know, like uh, Wicked Dicey and Tough Crowd are kind of perennial rivals on Twitter. So it's very proud. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I hadn't had a chance to play Mike before and, you know, kind of showed up. And the first thing I see is tons of zombies. And <laughs> I had been basically worried about it, you know, with this chosen, this thing to myself. Oh, man, you know, the worst thing would be to run into things and just reflect mortal wounds back at them because that would be silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was it looked like it might be might be a tricky situation but you know start off you know had kind of had kind of an interesting first couple of turns i did manage to do the chosen thing and bring them in with a levitated flying charge into a very inconvenient place and managed to quickly pick up belladama a whole bunch of direwolves a vampire lord and torquilius the chamberlain because they Ooh. kind of had gotten to a place where they were not supposed to be Okay, but Ooh. you know that did not end up being being quite enough. Even with Bellacor doing his thing and stopping some grave guard from being super interfering, like in the following double turn and turn, mm-hmm. uh, and ultimately he was just doing this masterful play, like with the Verkos Direwolf summons. I know you guys have seen this trick, but it's sort of like bringing them in with heroic action because you sort of add models to a unit. Sure, I'm sorry, not, not heroic action. I think it's actually like a command ability. Mm-hmm. And using that to make sure that they're much closer than they should be to things, either dragging stuff into combat or ensure they can solve them into combat and sort of tie stuff up. And so the direwolves ended up becoming like this really flexible tarpet, mm-hmm. which that particular Slaves of Darkness army just cannot deal with as well because it has oh, limited man, like combat pieces. <clears throat> now, uh, typically when you add stuff to back to a unit, like I'm thinking about the verbiage from like pink horrors and blue horrors they have like a whole extra paragraph about how you can only put it within three inches of a model if you're already engaged with that model or whatever um and is the 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 varicose wolves do they not have that or is it just an omission or is it on purpose or what do we think i think it's i think it's an on purpose and it's some some sort of like cool there in the middle let's see if i can Sure. Now I know there is stuff like uh, again with Zinch, like where uh, you do that spell and then all of a sudden somebody's a spawn. Yeah, spawns in combat and uh, getting things attached definitely happens. There, I, I can't remember. Um, I, it's kind of sad that book's been out for long enough, um, and I've been lending um, Mason my vampire army so I haven't had any actual practice with him but it used to be that you could uh do the same thing uh with Belladama and the wolves and just tie people oh, cool. up in combat. I don't know if it works the same way now uh to be honest but uh you know if it if it does it makes that army even crazier. Just them sure. coming back within 3 inches of you is just nuts. Insanely I mean, cool, but a lot of people a are bit having like, problems with it lately. It seems. Yeah, that feels a bit like my first uh, uh, time fighting corn uh, recently. Uh, well, it was a, you know prep game, um, but uh, Ken 
uh, who, who was our corn player at Worlds, uh, his philosophy was how many little bullshit units can I physically put into this list? Mm-hmm. Right. So like, uh, like he had all these underworld war bands and war cry mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and war cry units. Like there's an underworld war band where they summon a free dog. That's like a separate unit of a single dog. He was like, yes, please do that. So then, <laughs> you know, every, every hero, every one of my hero phases, three, random bullshit units would just move d6 inches into combat with me and then i could never move yeah yeah i i think it is sort of a little bit of variety like that i, I just looked at the text of, the, of that particular belly and it's just uh, yeah look if you're virtuous you know do, do the later are, are you within 12 of a summonable unit at d3 models so the dire wolves because they have that six inch pile and just get them all sorts of weird oh that's very, the, yeah, that's very the cool. trick gotcha yeah. so like he was just he was just great to play. It was like he saw he got my crazy chosen alpha, and then he's like, "Okay, now let's deal with this with the hundreds of little mini units in exactly that kind of way." Because he was he had like a, I think I mentioned there were zombies, but it was five units of twenty zombies. Then he had the twenty graveyard, and then he had the corpse guard, and that's on top of the ten direwolves and the other ten you get just for the invertos essentially bring them as a free summon. So it it's was, a uh, lot. It's yeah, it interesting to see that walking list come back in a big way. Um, you know, the last book was, it felt a little bit more balanced, I think, with the units that I would see. Um, but in now terms it's of, just... Uh, uh, archetypal, archetypally balanced? Yeah, you know, you have your hammer unit, you have your soaking unit, you have, you know, a couple of other different units... Uh, but now people can just lean all the way into zombies mm-hmm. and um, and wolves, and it's just like okay, it, that does it on its own. Almost feels like a fantasy army in a way. It's it's just great. Like gotta love it, even if it's sort of yeah popping itself up, incubately near you or your back lines, or making charges against stuff, and <laughs> you know or blocking you off. So very hard to do objective play against that particular list when there's so many little blobs dying coming back you know being summoned into it's <laughs> very interesting yeah well i'll say that there was, there was a real close game and it was kind of down to the knife's edge but at the end of the day it went his way because we had a couple fun turns you know where things could have swung one way or another and it ended up going kind of you know, of course not in the the chaos direction but one moment that i, I keep recalling is he had engineered one of those great charges right at the end where he got in grabbed a car to do like that whole aura of plus one attack and all these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And he'd gotten in the graveyard too. They'd made like a pretty long charge and made it into um, a replenished fusion of chosen who finally managed to kill everything and, and rally back a few members. They were like, like six or seven or something like that at that point. And, you know, maybe even eight and he gets all that stuff in, but it's right. We need the cockatrice and the cockatrice is sitting there staring at the graveyard. And of course that is not the moment the cockatrice overcome with stage fright and got the four up. And so as a result, they were hitting quite hard and with many more attacks than <laughs> might have had that gone off. Mm-hmm. And it probably allowed them more easily than not obliterate that, that particular unit, which I think was a uh, fairly pivotal in that moment <laughs> you know, to, to be able to maintain some control over that center. And of course the rest was history, but it was, it was a great time for that one. So that was the first one I, I, I forayed into the tournament with a, Strong close game and it'd be a loss. 
and then the rest was still though that's not i mean you know for a first like because the pairings on those first rounds are always random right like so to have a fun close game whether it's a win or a loss is uh you know excellent i thought that that i mean yeah no complaints about it all it just was a great old time but you know, you got one under the belt. I said, okay, well, we'll see what we can do with this. But, you know, the 5-0 dream immediately shattered. <laughs> but, you know, very much a good a good learning, too, just in, in some of the weaknesses that listed I brought, where a lot of good things there, a lot of good support pieces, a lot of good set of objective pieces, but really only one, I'm definitely going to have a hammer threat, which is those chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, that was sort of a thing in the back of my mind that, you know, I was watching play out or not play out, but then trying to take as a – maybe a note for the next iteration of this lesson movement new GHP. But I digress. So so we, we had that one first game. Okay. We got to the second one at day one. And this was uh, against uh, a guy I know from from Wicked Dicey, uh, named Chris Wildman. You know, great guy, you know, always go back to the forums and discords and and has some, some fun ideas. And he jumped in to this particular tournament with Nighthawk. Ooh. And yeah. So this game, you know, was when, you know, kind of interestingly, you know, he had like the, I think it was a crimson host, if I can recall off the top of my head. Uh, Who can even we, tell all those sheet ghosts apart, honestly? Like, I can't. Yes, they're they're all scary <laughs> and they fly around and they all want the same thing, which is yeah, exactly. the maternal torment. <laughs> uh, it's uh, four plus mortal wounds on the charge and it makes the uh, blade geist battle line. Uh, there we go. That's Matt, right, coming, that's right. Matt coming at you with the. Uh, <laughs> The hard inside scoop on all, all of the Matt's armies. definitely the font of like hard knowledge, and I'm just like some half remembered ravings here. But you know, yeah, <laughs> hey, it's I, a I, give I, and I, a I, take. It's a give and a take. I couldn't yeah, tell yeah. you about the Virkas, so you know, I can't, I can't notch every, you know, I can't, I can't check every box. Yeah, well, <laughs> let me paint a slightly, slightly better word picture. You know, to improve upon like the, the five year old finger painting that I started with. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was Scarlet Doom. And, you know, he had like a, a kind of a castle build, like, uh, oh, if you go near this castle, it's going to be hard to do anything because everything's going to hit you back with the truck. There's going to be minuses to wound, you know, you know, all those kind of buff pieces. I think it was a spirit of torment or two. There was a guardian of souls. He had a couple sure. units of 10 chain rats, but then he had three units of 20 strong blade guys revenants and a Ooh. black coach. So <laughs> in the black he, coach though, really? Yeah. With the spicy, spicy nice. black coach. So, <laughs> They're, they're interesting. There's just there's like a whole there's a bit of contention over on this side of the pond um about the black coach. We had a a very silly tournament recently um where it ended up uh three black coaches versus three uh stormcast chariots and everyone was like who's bringing all those black coaches? That's ridiculous and they won the they ended up anyway, it's very silly. <laughs> so I black coaches are a bit I of a hot dream. topic right now. To, would would be a, a digression, but I did once play it. One, I think it was Summer Slaughter one year. A four black coach list, which was oh my gosh, bananas. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's insane. <laughs> but but yeah, no, you know, it was not quite the case here. Chris didn't go quite that mad, but he did sort of set up like an invited castle and make me go first, and it was like, okay. I think the black coach and maybe some chain rasp or something that's sort of like a little screen ahead of like all the blade guys revenants and all these things like a big blob in the middle mm-hmm. it was almost tempting me to do the the chosen thing and try to run in and kill everything and i said invitation accepted because i 
thought that I could kill the front screen, do the pile-in, and then clear one entire unit of Blade Guys Revenants, which would be enough to sort of diminish all the flying around ghosty things I thought sufficiently based upon the objective play in that mission. Sure. And so it sort of worked. I killed the Black Coach and Screens, and then you know how when you almost kill a night hot unit, it's like the most supremely unsatisfying thing, and it just you know yeah. how to come Ooh. back immediately. Yeah. So, yeah. so that did happen. Um, you know, the chosen died in fairly short order in the subsequent turns, and like uh, he was kind of flying things around and trying to like uh, you know get the objectives or kill the other stuff, and it was a very like tooth and nail battle at that point. But ended up being that way the, the whole game until we kind of ended up at the you know, culmination of all of this with a Chaos Lord and Chaos Warriors having actually held one flight pretty well. Uh, and Bellacore having done some work in a tie. So it was, uh, at this point, one and one. Or what, what was it? One, one, and one is like a, a tie loss. Is it win? Yeah, yeah. Tie, so you're oh, oh, one and one? Oh, one and one. Yeah, so not, not the most auspicious yeah. start. But it was... Uh, you know, it was it was something. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's the chaos submarine. Here we go. It's the <laughs> exactly. All these things were just culminating in this opportunity. So at this point, you know, I get to my third game and I ran into a buddy of mine who I'd, I'd actually sort of met and played earlier in the year. We were doing some stuff at a, at a different, you know, grand tour. We got named Dan Berger. Really nice okay. dude. I, th- I think he's actually based out of Connecticut. And he was bringing Ideneth Deepkin. Oh. And we so just bold strategies up... in this in this tournament. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I was just following themes. I, th- I feel like my journey started with Undead, different flavor of Undead, mm-hmm. and then Fishmen. And so it was like I went from the cold of the grave, the cold of the grave, to the cold of the abyssal depths. I mean, there at least go. it was trending in some kind of direction so you know then i sat down and his list was just scary from the get-go and you know it ended up being an incredibly fun game you know as, as really all of these were but just to ma- paint this picture he's doing the dumb hand thing and mm-hmm. he has a couple thrall masters a tide caster lotan and then just a ton of, th- of thralls and reavers. I think it was like three out of ten thralls and then four nice. units of ten reavers, plus the old big turtle. Did he have the, the Achillean King as well? He did not have an Achillean King. Like it was all like little, little I, foot heroes and then all of these like thralls. So yeah, many. Things. I suspect that's actually the right choice. I think that, I mean, anyway, I'll, I could I could go off on them. That's okay. Dave. That's fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no call outs here. Yeah, Not at fine. all. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, the like the Achillean slap king, uh, where he's like, he's getting all the extra attacks and he's, uh, you know, um, twos and twos of the extra damage and he's high tiding in a different turn and that kind of stuff. Uh, I feel like it's so easy to just take that guy and throw him into a huge like hornet's nest. And yeah, he might kill a bunch of stuff, but he almost never survives that. Yeah. 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 You know? That guy sounds like a scary blender. Even still. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, he's terrifying. And you can't screen him because he flies and he's he has a million move. But uh Oh yeah. I think uh this list sounds much more um 
sort of uh, meat and potatoes, uh, well balanced. So I'm excited to hear about it. It was it was really interesting on the field, and, and you know we we started off, and this particular mission was the one where you get bonus points for having the Galatian champions on the flag objectives, which just mm-hmm. you know okay, which is yeah, a yeah. good OAS player. I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> this particular uh, one. position over power. Yeah, yes, that's right. I'm the player would have been almost two, but it was a. <laughs> it, it, it was a pretty it was it was a pretty interesting thing because I know I had some little foot heroes, right? Like I like that, like uh in my list, an exalted champion who's meant to go grab objectives like that and, and sit on those things. So I was feeling pretty good about that. But ended up with top of one again. And my mission was kill as many of these thralls as possible before they can either shoot me to death in the storm of arrows or get to turn three and become, you know, the always strikes for splendors that they can be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some combination of the buffs that they get from being near, I think, the Thrall Masters, if they're garrisoning that Gloom-type shipwreck because it gives them a pretty big footprint. And mm-hmm. and the other stuff that they, you know, is coming off the heroes in the list means they just hit really, really hard. I think it's like twos and twos, tons of attacks kind of stuff on the Thralls. And I think it was something equally... Uh, problematically scary off of like off of the reverse in terms of their shooting output. And so I came in, the, I came in pretty quickly and I did delete uh, a whole unit of the reavers, another unit of the thralls, maybe two units of thralls. <laughs> yeah. I think it was at the other day, but you know, the, the one that survived was able to come in and the next turn they charged the cash warriors in one unit of thralls off of the buffs that they were getting from, from the heroes actually killed all 10 chosen. It was just like chopped them down. Oh, wow. Insane output. But, you know, they managed to do their job in between that stuff, me controlling the flag objectives, you know, with the other elements of the army, Bellicor shutting down. I think the turtle for a key turn, turn and a half meant that I was able to, at the very end of the of the game, kind of get the points I needed to take the victory. But it was, it was real fun, and I got to see just how scary those things can get. Because as we got farther on, like even two or three, like of any of these things left can do tons of damage. Um, mm-hmm. And those heroes are in slashes in combat either. So at one point, Bellacor was fighting both Thrall Masters and I think <laughs> the the Tidecaster as well, maybe it was. And nice. No, they, they ended up eventually killing them because like, you know, they're, they're pretty tough and they, 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 can, they can do that damage. I'm not really doing them justice in terms of the exact sequence of buffs. I think that's something I'd have to like, you know. No, how it all comes together is a secret, uh, you know, that is uh, lost to the deep. It lies um, beneath the waves. <laughs> Dan will be able to tell us about that. But uh, that army is always so intimidating, too, especially when they have, like, the heavy thrall list because, you know, they're all there. They're on their 32 mil bases. And you forget that they're all one moon models. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, most mm-hmm. things at this point on a, on a 32 mil base is a, is a two moon model. So you're just looking across at this thing and you're like, how am I ever going to chew through that? Yeah, it just looks like an amazing <laughs> amount of wounds, even though it's 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 a little more fragile. Yeah, even with the projected like extra toughness from the turtle, mm-hmm. then, then you might think that thing, of course, is just like an inviolate tank. It feels like you, <laughs> you yeah. never get through it. Never, yeah. unless you can magically summon up like twelve mortal wounds on a single target. Like, yeah, have fun with this turtle. Oh, one hundred percent. Uh, I, I guess maybe for the reference, just you know, for anyone looking at looking at this list and scratching their heads, I think it's that the 
the Reavers have two shots at 18 inches, which were normally base 3-3, red minus 1-1. One, one. Of course, he gets buffed up from that. Mm-hmm. I guess they get ex- an extra one of their hit rolls if they're within nine of the model. So short-range firepower of two of three up to start yeah. before any buffs. And just to look at the old Thrall Master to make sure that we are doing some justice to this this cool list, because it really was intimidating. <laughs> Is he killing Thrallmaster when he's hanging out with stuff uh, at the start of the combat phase for the fighty ones? He can pick a unit within 12 of him, or say, I should say, all in the front of the Marty Hero's holding within 12 of him, they reroll hit rolls of one with melee weapons. Or nice. unmodified hit rolls of a six do the two hits instead of the one. Yep. Or he can do a minus one to wound. Sort of yeah. like a debuff or something than 12. So he's very flexible at having two of them means you get a couple of those active. <laughs> yeah, and it it can it can really add up too. And I, I think the the speed of that of that list is kind of understated. I think the uh to the Reavers go, did they stay at eight inches or did they move to six? They I used to be faster. They're eight inches, I think, on the on the Reavers and six on the thralls, but it's yeah. It's still you know what I find absolutely mm-hmm. insulting about this Thrallmaster is that you're allowed to have two of them and pick uh, two different fighting stances that you could affect the, two de- de- could affect the same unit, and I can't do that with two sloppity Biopiper songs. That should be the place where it always happens. I can imagine like a dual in sloppities <laughs> being like a rave concert, you know. There's like a whole extra paragraph about how this doesn't work if there's two sloppity biopipers. Yeah, unless I'm missing um, something, I think you can do the overlaps here. That's a, maybe that's happened, but so anyway, uh, these guys are bullshit and I won't stand for it. They're, they're dangerous eyeless CLs and oh no man. I'll particularly know, and I know he's talking to Roy about how scary those thralls are in combat. I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, they run in there and each of them has two attacks base and three of three of run minus one, one damage. Mm-hmm. But because of that sweeping blows ability, they're either getting extra attacks if it's low wound characteristics, it becomes three attacks per guy, or right. they become damage two if you're tough stuff like a Chaos Chosen. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that, yeah, it, 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 it can add up. Yeah. Case, it's a real fun game. You know, we, we made it through that end of day one, and I think we're having like a beer at the table as we close it out and, you know, shook our hands and move on to the next thing. But it was it was pretty cool because I, Dan's household, I did have championship written all over because I think his, uh, his significant other won the Blood Bowl tournament. Oh, wow. The oh, same moment, so like, she came over the table and she'd like crush it and uh, kind of had like the, the trophy belts, you know, equivalent. And Dan's like, you were carrying the torch for us, and we were laughing and having our beer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh my god, just... she must be an absolute merchant of salt to uh, to have made it to become a blood bowl champion. It's it's true. <laughs> Notably, I do not think anyone in our league would have had anything but tears. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we play that. Uh, but but yeah, so it was, it was a good day one. You know, we closed it out, and then predictably, everyone else you know socialized. Everyone, we all had dinner. We all went out, came back. Stayed up way too late doing things in the conference and mm-hmm. made it to day two. Where first things first, I continue the theme. Um, I played a guy named Jeremy Williams, a really great dude, also Wicked Dice member, kind of a chat forum and active. And first time he and I never actually had a chance to play a game. And most of my experience with Jeremy prior to that has been like looking at 
pictures of his beautiful, beautiful painted models or beautiful, beautiful diorama work. Mm -hmm. And I got to basically play one of those like armies where you just look at it and say, it looks so good. And I don't understand how it can exist because I can't buy that model, but it looks really good <laughs> as it is right now. <laughs> and, and to sort of paint, um, paint a word picture for this, he was playing Stormcast Eternals, but okay. his Stormcast Eternals were like Kislevites, sort of like all analog Kislevites. Um, and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess what I what I should do is just read a couple notes from his lesson. I'll tell you what was actually on the table because this this visual spectacle was just fantastic. He had a Crondus, a Lord mm -hmm. Castellan. Then for his bat line, it was like two Fulminators, four Tempesters, and then two units of those Judicators with the Boltstorm crossbows, okay. as well as three Praetors and a Purple Sun. So that was the list. What was physically there, kind of working backwards from the little guys to the big guy, were like those like wing-backed hussars, like converted to be riding like little bears or, or, or some sort of cool cavalry like that, for all of the Dracothian things. Mm -hmm. The Judicators look like, you know, kind of marksmen for sure, but they look like the kind of like tough Kislevite style markmen you might find out like in that wilderness, like in the old, like, old world lore. Mm -hmm. Sure. His purple sun was this converted like ice elemental thing being ridden by like a clearly like a Kislevite ice princess sort of mage as if she was just like driving this thing into the heart of an army. Nice. And last but certainly not least, his Krondis was this huge converted massive polar bear. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's, it's just gorgeous. Um, it has the look of what nightmare fuel poured liberally onto a copy of the Golden Compass would produce. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, at some point when we add various layers to, to the site, we can take some pictures up there if Jeremy's willing to share them because they're just they're really beautiful. But it was, it, was, it was really a pleasure to see this army. <laughs> but... <laughs> I won't bear it. This but was it a pleasure to play against? It it was. It was. Excellent. It was, well, that's it was frustrating in some ways, to no fault of Jeremy's, because I really wanted to kill the bear, mm. and it was not to be. So, you know, basically, again, given top of one, and all those armies in the sky where they come down and shoot stuff, and I kind of had like one of those what I call flashing neon lights with the, the Slaves of Darkness Army. I was playing moments, which generally will tell me not to push too hard that moment and maybe hold off for a second turn because all the mm -hmm. buffs aren't going off or things aren't going quite right. And, you know, one of the combos, which was enabled in this particular list, was having the prayer from the big war shrine say, yes, Chosen, you can charge 3d6. And then mm -hmm. getting off the spell from the, the Sorcerer Lord on the 3d6 cast, which gives them the plus one hit wound, you know, so they end up at... Two ups, two ups, rather three ups, three ups. That tends to make them a lot better against things that can roar them or, or what, whatnot. Sure. Well, no 3d6 charges. Got a one, took a wound on the war shrine immediately. Oh, no. And I guess uh, he just rolled kind of low on the other on the other spell, and it got actually dispelled. This doesn't happen very often with the Sorcerer Lord of three dice. So sure. right there, not so great. But they kind of ran forward to protect the power anyway. I felt like... I had to get rid of this one block, including Dracothian, 
or some other code thing before all the other stuff came down and shot me to death. There were some potentially better things I could have done, which would be less exciting and more cagey, but I did this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was sitting there with the three Praetors, and I managed to get like a crazy long bomb charge. I thought I probably wouldn't actually get that, but no, nope, they're in there. So I went for it, and I managed to kill all the Praetors and wound Rakothian. But then he swung back and killed like five of them immediately. <laughs> and that was probably the big thing, because that meant they get their second activation you know, this it went from sure thing will kill this giant dragon to it's kind of a dicey, unlikely maybe, and it mm-hmm. wasn't enough. I think he was left with like six or seven wounds or something mm-hmm. like that, maybe even more. And it, it just kind of sealed the deal. Because at that point, because this army didn't have a lot of offensive output outside the chosen, it could really just mm-hmm. go and swat things down. He was able to bring the fulminators in and erase the remaining chosen. And even with a Bellicor shutting down the big bear. Uh, there was a truly oppressive amount of shooting that was able to deal with the rest of the stuff in the army that was trying to hold objectives and do things as it came down. Combined out a double turn and things were not super sunny. And a lot of fun. Had a wonderful time with it. Got to see the Purple Sun roaming around doing its neat thing. But at the end of the day, this one was a a definite Jeremy win. So you shook the man's hand and said, thank you for letting your giant bear Eat my Bellicor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's miles your Bellicor, but yes. It's our Bellicor. So Yeah, it's joint ownership. <laughs> Bellicor together. Exactly. The real Bellicor was the friends we made along the way. It's a wheelicor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I digress. So that was that was a you know a wonderful one, but it, it left me sitting pretty at what had been the perfectly balanced one one and one of day one into now an unenviable one, two, and one, I guess that would be it. Yeah, I don't know. I've, yeah. I've lost track of how these numbers work. So we'll right. we'll go with that. Go with that. So <laughs> final final moment of the day, you know, all great times so far, even with some mixed results for the, the Army's performance. I ended up playing uh, a guy I know pretty well in front of mine named Bob Pisano, who's also a member of Wicked Dicey. Oh, and nice. Bob's, I remember Bob. Yeah, Bob, Bob's great. You know, always a fun game, always an interesting time, always a good conversation. And you know, he's had a, a number of different armies over the years and had many a hard-fought battle on different tournament battlefields, <laughs> including some memorable ones in the past. I think the final game of LBL where his, you know, his pumpkin-themed Halloween flesh eaters ate my ogres, which was, which was a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. But um, this time he was bringing Sage, and he had the Guild of Summoners. And he had a really, yeah, good kind of an interesting interesting lists because he had brought at least one sort of unusual thing uh, in the form of 10 chosen actually kind of be like this allied in like hammer that you were just going to have to deal with maybe mm-hmm. yeah that it was like kairos a magister the thaumaturge. he had like a couple units of horrors he had acolytes uh he had some of the endless spells but it was one of those like well if the engine gets going, you know, bad things. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. He gave me top of one. Yeah. <laughs> so he gave me top of one. And, you know, I, I, I think full credit to him. Like, like we were getting ready for the game. And I think, I think like we're talking about stuff that our army could do. And I don't think like when I was mentioning the chosen run, running and charging fast, it had quite like been very, very clear that they might have a crazy threat range. Because okay. some of the stuff ended up coming together and you give it top of one and they, they managed to be flying chosen because that levitated them. And uh, they ran mm-hmm. up and they got their big charge 
and they went just right over everything and immediately killed all the characters. Man, you love to see it though. Man, as they say in Star Trek, this is the way. That's yeah. amazing. Is that how they say in Star Trek? <laughs> Just levitating chosen. This yeah. is the way, Picard. It, 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 it was. I mean, they they had they had a good run, and it was it was just one of those things where the, the dice were not going in Bob's favor, and some of the key things had gone off in line, and so they managed to you know kill all the characters, including Kairos, you know, the double activation as well as you know the, the screens were around them. And I'd gotten the objectives to get points. And then on the bottom of one, I Bellacord the Chosen, which is a great target for Bellacord. Sure. So at this point, very little was going to happen. And we made some rolls and the Chosen were going to move or do anything. And ipso facto, I, I sort of like very quickly lucked into a lock on, on that particular game. So we played that a little bit and then like uh, ended up calling it after, after it was very clear <laughs> where it had gotten to. But that was the the final game of the tourney, and a fun one, but a relatively short one. And then we uh, we closed it out. <laughs> sure. Sometimes you get that early swing, and and there's just no recovering from it. Yeah, it was definitely like the chosen having their musical montage, you know, in the way nice. they should be in that particular. Well, I'm glad that they got one in the end, right? Because it felt like they'd had some mixed success in terms of getting in there and doing the chosen thing. So, like, uh, I'm glad they ended on a high note. Yeah, you know, it was it was it was fun for them. You know, had to have to have their moment in the sun. But yeah, they'd done their work. But it was an interesting tournament, just sort of seeing how different situations can make that particular unit's task more challenging, especially if the backup isn't there for them. Because if they can be isolated, they can easily be kind of cut mm-hmm. down. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, great tournament. That all the sounds time. great. Well, you know what we'll have to do, Jack is we'll have to take all of that knowledge and and experience and lists uh, from that tournament and throw them all in the bin because now there's a new GHB in town and all of that stuff is now null and void. And that's exactly it, isn't it? We we have fought for these nuggets of strategic wisdom, tactical insight, what to do differently as we path our way through GHBs. Just just kicks them to the curb. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But, you know, I'm really excited about this, about this new one. And maybe there was some foreshadowing in that game against Jeremy and, and all of these icy moments, because here we are in Andor all of a sudden dealing with some sort of winter magic. It seems. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like part of the, me, part of me has a little bit of concern after hearing more and more of the, uh, the rabble rousers going, rah, 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 rah. Um, when talking about some of the some of the rules coming out but uh cut you off there miles no 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 it's all good uh i was gonna say i feel like the um like the battle on the snow thing is like a classic uh warhammer fantasy battles situation like i remember doing some sort of uh campaign where like there was a you know at least a week where we did a battle on the ice or something like that so it's excited to i'm excited to dig into these missions and, and, uh, give them a go. Um, the rabble rousers might not be wrong though. We'll find out. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I do have some suspicions on that front. I guess, you know, maybe they, maybe they kick it off. I mean, for one, I should give my microphone a rest that you guys talk more. Cause they're going on. Oh, and on, sure. like, and I, but, uh, I, I think that I just want to throw out that I think there are two broad themes in this book, at least what I've seen so far, which are really interesting. Mm-hmm. One, 
crazy ice magic, which sure crazy magic in general. Mm-hmm. And two, interesting new missions which punish people who have builds, like I guess, which are very strong in one direction. Because there seem to be missions to screw up that approach. Yep. And and the missions, yeah. I got to say, are the things that make me the most excited about this GHP. All the extra stuff is really honestly making me think I just want to do a non-sorcerer <laughs> army because it just seems like, ah, uh, let them roll and do all their fun stuff. I'm just going to let them have their perfect plans fall apart when they engage with these missions. Um, no, I mean, like when in a, in a world where we've been fighting like Croak and Kairos and, uh, you know, some of these other super wizards, uh, Teclas, like I'm just used to them getting their spells off and me not getting my spells off. So how is this yeah. going to be any different? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's It's probably true. But I don't know. The whole primal magic dice thing does kind of throw a little bit of wrench in the works because they're going to have a crazy add to dispel dice if they want to situation. So you could see yeah. a 3d6 dispel fairly often. It looks cool, though, that um, some of the fine print on the primal dice, uh, at least sort of the your, so you, so your main source of primal dice is the free ones you guys get to roll for. And um, if you get one, your opponent always gets one. Yep, which is I think is really nice. Uh, and then there's the only other way to get them largely is through the um, core battalion of three, take two to three wizards, um, and then it's a three up, get an extra one. But like, I feel like in general, like I like the fact that if we're handing out these primal dice, we're bo- we're giving them to both sides. Yeah, and I mean it. It hopefully does balance it out. Um, a little bit i i still do wonder how uh you know armies like fire slayers um are going to deal with this sure um, yeah, i think i think they're gonna have a factory producing those city icons over time <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it is going to be interesting though because it and it comes down to matchup dependent but mm-hmm. like um, you know, armies that generally are considered lower tier casting because they don't have options uh, like some of the other heavy hitters do. Sure. Um, like Beasts of Chaos, uh, who generally have really good spells, um, but a hard time casting them with no benefits to cast unless you get really lucky. Sure. Um, Some of those harder yeah. spells are gonna are gonna start showing up. Yeah. So that's that's gonna be an interesting, like weird little sub meta thing that I'm gonna be looking out for. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like uh I'm trying to think like Mind Razor, right? Mind Razor is notoriously difficult to cast if you don't have Marathi doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now we could be potentially seeing this just on a bunch of footless, which I honestly love to see. Um, not that I'm sick of the snake ladies, uh, but or that Marathi is Marathi's Marathi's lost her shine, to be honest. Uh, you know, she's not as scary anymore with Croak and everybody else walking around the board. Sure. Or even just a giant unit of zombies, apparently. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, hopefully it'll breathe life into some things. Um, I'm I've I've just I've given up 
on my hope for an all cavalry book, you know, a GHB that really lives in cavalry only. We're never going to see it. I'm never going to have an all mounted loving GHB book. It's okay. I mean, I'll never say never. There's a whole next edition, but uh, yeah, a whole, we'll, well, we'll wait till, you know, uh, 4.0. There we go. <laughs> I, I yeah. think I figured out Matt what they'll do for that edition too. It's 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 genius. It's going to be the planes of Akshi or something like that, and they're going to make you put four battle mats together. <laughs> nice. Just be that would make this sense. enormous board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's tough to be on foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope you like walking. Um, <laughs> I. I was going to say, Matt, uh, we got to get you out here because in two weeks' time, uh, my local store is running the Mount Me tournament of uh, only mounted uh, units are allowed. Oh, that's right. I've heard tell of this. It should be pretty silly. Now, that does mean if you're if you're doing the math that there are some whole armies that just cannot participate. Um, and uh, that's just the, the type of tournament that we're having. And you can go into the next one with your snake ladies or whatever. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it oh should be God. very silly, uh, at least a show. And actually, one other one that was really funny, it's just not to make a huge tangent that's happening up north is uh, it's the uh, the salt mines or something like that. But it's, uh, it's Salt Fest. I can't remember the name. But basically, um, every round, uh, the... Um, to will roll a random dice on a table and that will affect everyone's game and it could be stuff like no heroic actions no um uh no um spells no allegiance abilities like for the for the round right so it's like uh excuse me what what's going on that is gonna wreck havoc with so oh many yeah so it's a i love it a good time to just have some silly, some silly fun uh, playing this game, and uh, you know we'll get back to the serious competitive stuff once we've uh, uh, sunk our teeth into this new uh, GHB. Oh, that's, you know what I'm going to say about that style of play? I think that's more competitive. Nobody can rely on their super fancy, uh, well, well ironed list. <laughs> I think oh, that's yeah. more competitive. It's well, it's certainly more tactical and less strategic, right? Indeed. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's that you know, stone of the road. You actually figure how to go around it, but just have the whole thing collapse your plan. It's that's yeah, fun. I mean, Sun Tzu. Everybody's got a plan until they get kicked in the uh, nethers, right? Yeah, right. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, Sun Tzu specifically wrote about people's nethers. I think yes. that's, that was the thing I remember him writing about extensively. Yeah, did, yeah. Did you know he was a, a a guest star in Battlestar Galactica? The remake. Is that right? <laughs> they had Sun Tzu. <laughs> that was a resurrection he'd been waiting for. Um, I'm just rolling with it today. You, there we go. You know, if if I'm gonna, I'm just gonna start adding all the different mishmashes oh, together. Always strikes late uh, coming at you with the with the pop culture sci-fi references. That's yeah. right. The entirely accurate pop culture yeah. sci-fi and historical <laughs> references. Yeah. And the only the only reason I wanna I wanna really mix it up here is because it's it's definitely in the feeling of these new missions on this GHB. Mm-hmm. Nice bring it back. Very true. Yeah. So I think I think I'm fairly accurate. If you were to take the words that I say and then read the missions. 
from a competitive <laughs> player's point of view, it will sound exactly as um, correct as a competitive mission as I sound stating facts of science fiction and history together, um, which I freaking love. These new missions are going to be such a pain at oh, <laughs> oh absolutely, absolutely such a pain. Well, let's let's just think about that for a second. Maybe pick an example because I love it too. But I mean, there's so many here. But I'm just, I'm just thinking about the times you could show up with your army that does the thing, and maybe exactly what you were just talking about, Matt, where your army does this almost every game, turn one or two against someone else that relies on certain mechanics. It won't mm-hmm. work for you. Like, what about the the frigid Zephyr? If you are a shooting army, and all of a sudden there's a ferocious squall, which means you cannot see things which are not within 12 inches of you and you're really heavily invested in shooting that could be bad yeah Yeah. (laughs) now now to to counter that um you know i can't remember if lumineth still have the line of sight blockage for sentence no they don't they they have to look they have to look at stuff like everybody else now oh sweet sassy elves yeah uh now any ko player worth his salt will just move the boat up but uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh 12 inches no problem you know, yeah <laughs> uh they can't fly but they can still sort of scooch along the ground no problem uh, how fast is the boat if it can't fly because that's actually pretty crazy it's it's still just as fast like it's <laughs> it's like 18 inches right <laughs> uh the boats are, they're more like 12 but like you can you can get them you can you can make them faster there's plenty of ways to make the boats faster and run and shoot and that kind of stuff i actually have not uh dived uh as hard as i could into the new ko book i need to uh rescue my stranded sky fleet uh from the bowels of uh massachusetts yeah i do i do hear that uh team ireland uh needs a needs a little bit of a, a work on the ko there so yep you should uh you should come in furiously and uh show them how to do it <laughs> There we go. For, the, oh, yeah. for those who don't know, Miles used to play uh, KO almost exclusively um, in the Pacific Northwest scene, and um, you know it was it was always a good game, but it was never a game I walked away from thinking I was going to win. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man, the, the sheer number of times uh, I had to explain the entire army to somebody uh, before the game began. You know, that used like, to be as great as strength. I think there was at least one Las Vegas tournament where we were relying on that confusion to basically be the same. Right, yeah. It's like, look, I will be open, <laughs> open and accepting and and very transparent about what my rules are. If you can't remember them all fast enough, like that's on you at this point. I don't know what to tell you. Is is that our trick? Because that used to be the the whole reason I did well with Dragon Ogres. Are you in the movement phase or are you in the hero phase? Yeah, right. <laughs> like look. Oh my god. This is part of the game. You were supposed to do your homework. I will I will never lie to you and I'll be very upfront about what my rules are. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I yeah, at least it was you. always a delightful army to see in the field. I mean, like uh for those who haven't encountered this particular force until it gets resurrected from certain boxes. Uh, they're all Steve Zissou themed, little red hats. Yeah. So it's like the life aeronautic. <laughs> oh yeah, <Very> fun. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's insanely awesomely sculpted little red beanies. So I great. just got I just got the technique down. It's like so I can do 
I can do uh, fur, I can do flames, and I can do little red beanies. If you want anything else sculpted, you need to get somebody else. <laughs> like, you know, this it's a limited repertoire, but sometimes specialization is key. I think that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you will have to have at least one cruel boy with a beanie on. With uh, a beanie. Because, you know, you're going into the... The the frozen tundra here, and you got to have with all your cool boys. You got to have one cool boy, right? Exactly, so one like, cool boy. I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that should be like uh, a wall across all of your armies. Just one yeah. <laughs> I'm with you guys though. These missions are very spicy, and I'm excited. I was saying to Matt uh, before the show that one of them, this limited resources, reminds me of a narrative mission I had I'd made up um, mm-hmm. years ago. It's the one where uh, there's lots of objectives, but you can only score them a limited number of times. Oh, the siphon meltwater one? Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. exactly. And so, uh, uh, which I thought was really cool, and they did it, obviously they did it differently than I had done it, um, but uh, it's very, it looks very fun. Um, it does seem like there's going to be a whole new uh ecosystem of little counters that we're going to have to develop for this ghp to be able to track everything but yeah i mean i'm i'm kind Mm. of all for it maybe it'll slow down the um i don't know about you guys but this last ghp became very repetitive and not in the way Mm. that the previous ones were but like oh you've got the hero the hero does the thing okay we're we're using kind of the same style missions that we had before since 2.0. There's like mm-hmm. minor changes here and there, but this is like, yeah, this is a whole new. I this you is know, like Resorb or something. This is this is like going back to like the older wacky missions where, you know, you were relying just as much on chance and positioning early on in the game to make sure that it if something random happened, you had uh, something, you know, in your back pocket. Um, sorry, I cut you off there, but this, no, these no, missions absolutely. are make me so excited to actually play. Um, They're going to be really cool. I, I mean, if I am being critical, I think they're all a little bit on the complicated side uh, in terms of like health of the game and new players and stuff. And having said that though, I'm very, very excited to play them. Um, that's that's um, very yeah. fair. I'm I'm curious which one is going to get maligned most quickly as being like the new twists and turns or whatever. Uh, I think it's Towers in the Tundra. Towers, Towers in the Tundra. Tundra. Yeah, I which think... is the one. There's two objectives, but there's also two wizard towers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that one probably spring the trap. But there yeah. are going to be, you know, there are ones that like the majority of TOs aren't going to pick and it's going to make me sad. And I expect those. Right. But yeah. I, mm-hmm. I feel like there are going to be ones that are going to be like creepers. Right. Like the ice fields is going to be a one one of them that I can already tell really people are going to hate play. that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's oh, going to show everyone up. Takes mortal wounds all the time. <laughs> it's going to show up. But a lot of people are not really going to want to play it. Um, and then, and then there's going to be like the gamers that really excel on this. Like I can see, you know, I can see a squig army going insane with this, just having extra mortal wounds applied to them. Hey, I'm going to run and force, uh, a test and I'm not even going to get in combat. There's going to be a lot of really interesting situations that come up in games. 
No, well, and, and any army that's got access to like a five up ward, like Nurgle or Corn, if they're far enough away, yeah, they're not going to care about the three mortal wounds. Like it'll be fine, you know. Uh, if that's all you got, like you're gonna have to try harder. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's some funny, <laughs> funny tricks. But even just that, that's such a good example though of just something which certain type of army not gonna like. If you have to run your fast army because you're running charge abilities across the whole thing to get where you need to go quickly, yeah, you're gonna take a lot of wounds to do it, <laughs> even inclusive of the charges, right? Mm-hmm. Three six chargers taking D three mortals on any one in the modifier. Oh yeah, guys. that's a good point. And I. Uh, the other thing that I think is great about this GHB, looking at the battle tactics and the grand strats, um, God, the grand strategies, all of these suck. And I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No clear that, winner. Looking at those was kind of painful. It was just like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, definitely going to be a lot of Heidi wizards, though, I think. I think it isn't one of them just keep a wizard alive. Uh, keep your general yeah. Uh, who is uh, Anditorian Locus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Alive. So you've already sunk your uh, your command trait into this little wizard. <laughs> and you've got to keep it alive. And yeah. it's got the largest target on its back. Not exactly the throwaway character. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, so fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I don't know. I, I, I feel like that was... A nice shake up there across the battle yeah, tactics. And absolutely, for sure. Some some of the battle tactics seemed a little more achievable than the last the last GHP set. Like you could almost guarantee a few yeah. of them built a certain way. But yeah, well, and I, then, yeah, and then there are others that just completely cut out uh, armies with sorcerers. Um, I feel like this one deals a a pretty big death blow to some armies as far as like competing on that level from these tactics alone mm. um well, i feel like so in the last ghb we'd done a little bit of analysis on the last ghb and found that uh there were most armies could do comfortably four of the ghb tactics and it wasn't always the same mm-hmm. ones um but we thought that on average most armies could do four of them pretty pretty soundly pretty easily mm-hmm. right like eye for an eye cunning maneuver desecrate their land you should be able to do those um so this one intimidate the invaders that seems pretty straightforward uh you know get get models outside of your territory um map dependent clearly um yep, yep. i mean it's a turn one if you go first easy but if it, it's the turn one if you go first and your territory ends zero inches away you know you know what i yeah. mean that, yeah. that's true if it's nine inches away and you're a slow army and you have a lot of different support pieces it wouldn't yeah. work but it does but, have potential for that. but also uh, an easy one potentially late in the game you know as things have moved around you know so that's kind of interesting um the i could see a lot of armies um doing the magical dominance where you just have one wizard cast one spell and then call it a day yeah, and yeah. do it from outside of unbind range. To yeah, or yeah. I feel like there's a lot of little like I know I've been looking at uh, Osiric Bone Reapers, and they have a uh, an artifact or a command trait or something that lets the uh, uh, if you cast a spell, the first spell you cast with this wizard cannot be unbound. You know, <laughs> or like uh, I'm thinking, uh, what's that Sylvaneth spell? There, they've got a three d six cannot be unbound or something like that. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly how it all comes together, but 
Um, I feel like there's a lot of those little tricks. Um, bait and trap, which is uh, retreat two units, charge two units, um, a little bit hard to coordinate, you know, sort of much like, uh, you know, gaining momentum could be a little bit hard to coordinate um, mid game. But I think a lot of armies have a pep play into that one. Um, did you did you like that battle tactic? I don't know what they call it. Beast of Chaos two point charity raffle or I'm sorry, that's surround and destroy. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that was good. Except that you have to pick the units that are already on the battlefield. So the the Beast of Chaos units would have to come in, sit there a whole sit there two whole turns to then score that one. That is oh. fair. I, I totally misread that. I thought they they could just pick it and say, yeah, whatever I want to be. <laughs> With yeah. the amount of Ungor Raiders that people are trying to leave That's in, true, too. I yeah, mean, so. it's not that hard, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's, eh, there's... The lead into the maelstrom is rough, ones. but, you know, I feel like I've seen a lot of these where it's like, you have to charge a thing in and purposely not kill the enemy unit. That's a lot of uncertainty to leave in the battle tactic realm, I think. Right? Yeah, <laughs> very much the case. Yeah, magic magical mayhem is another one of those, right? So, just the amount of the amount of like rules a, a, a lawyering yeah. crap that is going to happen with that. But the the battle tech, well, the destroyed unit was by this spell that gave me plus one to hit or something. Yeah, and no, I can I definitely see an FAQ yeah, coming out for that. Just to make sure yeah. that. But that's a Zinch auto pick. Yep. Right, that's a, a Lumineth maybe auto pick. Uh, uh, who else? Probably Seraphon. You know, I think it actually might be way more achievable than even the, the typical magic heavy Gatling cannon armies because of some of the stuff in the in the GHB. I mean, we haven't really talked about the spells yet, but oh, I sure. come up with well, this. I was saying, I was just going to say, I came up with this term that I want to popularize called the Magikaze, because I think the Magikaze mm -hmm. is coming. Nice. Uh, and that's going to be little wizards or medium wizards getting places they shouldn't be quickly with like a, a teleport of some sort or like the boatman. Mm -hmm. And then unleashing the Merciless Blizzard. The Merciless Blizzard, you know, either oh, yeah. with some high cast ability, an auto cast, which can't be inbound, or just you know the primal magic dice or some other ability it makes it pretty likely because that is a crazy ability sure 46 mortal wounds like 46 yeah it doesn't matter yeah. if they die <laughs> i mean the scenario you just described depending on how it all comes together like that is a sketchy battle tactic to pick up you know because like the moments where you could fail but uh but also as a but as like a, a general like strategy that you're going to try that seems wild right that I it mean, feels like everybody's got a uh, uh who am i thinking of with the mask that he lists up uh i don't know if he lists it up or not the orc guy Wurgog prophet oh, the, the, uh, yeah, Wurgog? everyone's got a Wurgog prophet now yeah sort of like that oh i was i was thinking about something like the changeling which you can just drop right next to somebody turn one Right. Oh, but he's a he's a master. But he's not. Oh, I guess you don't have to. It's oh, just yeah, heroes. Only, right? only Andatorian locusts and and Andatorian locusts. Andatorian locusts. <laughs> well, it looks Sorry. like the lore master then. Um. Oh yeah, yeah lore master could do it. Yeah. What an asshole that guy is. 
God, I had Jack say. Ballard tank my entire Sylvaneth army with just oh one God. of those. God. They're so annoying. And more so when he does that, just shows up and goes nuclear and something from nine yeah. years away. And yeah, he's like so a nuts. he's like a plus one caster, right? Because he's when he's not near anybody, or I feel like yeah. I don't know. Gets Something his like primal that. dice goes off in three six. Oh man, <laughs> we we do have to talk about the one that um, kind of I, I deflated a little bit when I read it, only because of one single keyword in there, uh, the expropriation, and that's pick one enemy unit that's controlling or bonded to an endless spell or an, or an incarnate. Oh and yeah, we know how I feel about incarnates. They. The, at least the one that we've had so far uh, just entirely breaks the game whenever it's on the table to the point where it's a crutch, to be honest. Um, and yep, that's an opinion, but whatever. <laughs> but the fact that the fact that it's there and people have already like built up these crutch tactics to make an incarnate wild or mm-hmm. do something. Um Man, I'm I am not happy that that is an actual. I think it's going to be ta- great battle tactic. Ugh. Oh yeah, but it's all. Also, like um, you know, when you make an incarnate wild, it's very important. Oh, lost you guys for a sec there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very important that when the incarnate goes wild, it's exactly where. You- can you hear me, Matt? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, Miles is. But you want it? Uh, Miles is on Incarnate Ireland time. See, he's a... talking about he's 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 talking about the Incarnate so much that it you know it just knocked him from the actual uh, conversation. Hello. I'm back. The Incarnate came in and was like, <laughs> "Look, you know what." <laughs> Uh, we can't talk about me too much. That's, yeah, exactly. That's what the incarnate did. Yeah, um, I think the fair folk were messing with your underseat table. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess my point is like, uh, right? If you if you're bringing an incarnate to then have it do shenanigans, it is pivotally, uh, you know, mission critical that it does not go wild before you are ready for it to go wild. Yeah, that's true. Right, and now there is a point and click way to make an incarnate go wild. Which is good. It's such a situational spell, though, right? Like oh, you should release yeah, yeah. more incarnates, and it's going to be more of a thing, you know. Well, oh, God, I of course, not. predict that too much. Oh, they totally are. They they um, will be. If they're a keyword, then we know we're getting another incarnate, and it's sure. going to be dumb. Matt, I'm going to make a Ice NATO. which you're going to hate. There's two ways this could go, right? We know uh, there's going to be an Ice NATO. Or something like that, or like, <laughs> like a, a, a cool big snowflake that floats around, like a frost. <gasps> I love that. That would that be, would be yeah. awesome. <laughs> but what if they go full on forbidden power with this? What if they just test the waters with one from Gura, and they just actually release a box of like seven you can just choose from, which are forever in the game now, in like the end of the summer? Oh God! Oh my God! We just add it to this list of. Uh, I mean. The the subtle thing in this GHB is honestly all the different changes to the endless spells. I feel like that doesn't get enough uh, press time. I have That's not even true. processed that yet, to be honest. What it's are the like, big ones? Um, 
so let's see. I know you can't you can't uh, surfboard um, thank all around anymore, which is nice. I think that was kind of a, yeah. a boring. It's, it's a wizard with nine way to use on, that. on launch on the the soul yeah. seeker. Um, actually, the the biggest, most exciting news to come out of this GHB. I'm calling it right now. Hmm. Shards of Valagar have an actual use case. Miles, okay. are you reading my mind from across the ocean? <laughs> I was also thinking that when I read it, I'm like, I painted these up. Day of the okay. sun, guys. These gems are getting some light. We've been, so, all three of us have collectively been wanting these things to work for so long. So the he's building it up here, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm not going to read the rules. I'm going to have him explain it. Sounds good. So casting range of 18, and you set the two ends up wholly within eight of each other. Um, and then, uh, again, you leapfrog the one, the one part, like, uh, like the old version. Um, uh, so one half moves and then you, uh, and then you set it up with an age of the other part. Um, but the, the new ability is while they're within eight, six inches of any endless spells of this ability. So this, this, just this one, then, um, units cannot fly or be removed from the battlefield with an effect that would be allow them to be set up again in the same turn. Mm-hmm. In addition, you can't set up units within six inches of the endless spell. So it is a pretty sizable bubble of no deep striking. That's... And no knot holes and no grave sites and no nothing. Yeah. That's pretty gnarly. So and it no shuts down. Oh. Yeah. It shuts down so much bullshit. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think these are going to be very popular. Yeah, and I'm, lucky I'm for me, excited. I already bought the internet out of them, and so I will be selling them at an exorbitant markup. Exactly. <laughs> I do have exactly. doubles on right some now. of these too, so I might as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's going to be fun. But yeah, there, there's some other little tweaks which are neat. Like um, I don't think anyone's seen the. What you might call it, uh, Aether Void Pendulum kicking around, but now it's better. Does I think D6 wounds now and things it rolls over. Nice. And I think, am I right in reading this? It can swing both ways. Oh, the Aether Void Pendulum? Yeah, it can swing both ways, like an actual pendulum. Oh, yeah. uh, does it go back and forth now instead yeah, of just it can go one way? Either forward or back. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, a little more thematic. <laughs> <laughs> uh geminids are wild uh it's uh two up cannot issue or receive commands yeah that's, that's strong <laughs> yeah that's pretty good right. the uh and let's see yeah they're i mean they're looking pretty good maelstrom um, is still eh although it's interesting uh Interesting to see how that they're they're never gonna make it's like some of these they're just like ah we don't know what to do with this. You know? Yeah. Which is which is kind of fun. Like I'll take the cheapest suffocating grave tide ever. Like that's great. Mm-hmm. Just because it's big. Yeah, it's just the that's big, its own use, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. big blocky thing. But, Prismatic Palisade is disgusting now. I love oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah, so, shooting? Done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so 18 inch range cast, you set it up and then at the, when, when you put it down and in every subsequent hero phase, uh, for everything within six inches on a three up, 
uh, for you know roll for each unit. Um, they can't shoot. The oh, turn. and you add three inches to the range of that at each battle round. Yeah, so the longer Ooh. it's been on the field, the bigger that range gets. Although you might end up wanting to dispel it yourself and recast it, that kind of thing, depending on what's going on. But like those like early, uh, you know, sort of shooting bombs uh, from uh, what am I thinking of? The crossbow dudes, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. cruel boys to a certain extent, Lumineth. Although you're not going to get this off. There's like a 0% chance of you casting the spell against Teclis. See, see, this uh, is where I was going to say, this <laughs> is like, I know KO have access to other other things that are going to be just as cool, but yeah. man, would this be an awesome thing to drop in the middle of the board uh, oh, if sure. you've got to turn one with KO to just be like, pop, okay, you can't dispel this sucker. And so there goes your first turn shooting. Sure. That would yeah. be that would be a really good spell for them. Yeah, the you one thing KO hate more than uh, fighting armies, it's shooting armies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and magic armies, and other shooting armies, <laughs> and other KO. Like, Damn those anything KO. Anything that can scratch the paint <laughs> on the boat. Those are those are on the list of grudges. Yeah, their book this. of grudges is just essentially everything at this point, right? <laughs> but tiered, it's everything tiered. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will say that the thing about the prismatic palisade that I like a lot is that they've made endless spells before where they're great in theory, but they just, the mechanics are broken, so they're too easy to dispel before mm-hmm. they can do their intended thing. Like I think Soldier Snackles was like that a little while ago, not not most recently, but before that. But this particular palisade, you drop it down. Takes care of that stand and shoot against something nasty you want to charge, maybe two thirds of the time. You know it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And then because of the procs at the beginning of the hero phase, if they didn't dispel initially, yeah, they can take it off the board afterwards, but it's already done its work. It's already affected yep. all the stuff nearby. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Yeah. And the, I, I do, and I'm, I'm always just so light on my endless spells, but. This they all feel like they've kind of found their stride now, which is which nice. Is, I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, I definitely, we, uh, you know, reflecting back, I definitely prefer a meta that includes a lot of varied endless spell use to one that doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're they're a really fun part of the game. Totally agreed on that. You know, we never we never touched on as we've been kind of jumping around in this book. Just mm-hmm. the original spell they previewed Horfrost. Oh, sure. Where it's the D3 and you can change the statistic to do whatever you want. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I think this one is crazy. And like, I'm so excited to see it used. And those the creative ways people like make murder machines out of various units with it. Uh, because I can certainly see it like being good no matter what you roll. <laughs> so you set it up right. Hmm. No, I think it's going to be fun. And it's it's a fun one that it, it encourages your creativity to to how to use it. Oh, absolutely. You know. Well, I know we've been kind of waxing poetic about the GHB and probably go on and on and on about it. But what do you guys think? I mean, have we gotten to that witching hour for all of our listeners? I think so. As you know, it's uh keep it keep it here on the on the midnight uh train or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I had something for this. I don't know, you know. Uh, the witching hour. Listen, yeah, thanks for joining us. It always strikes late, and 
Yeah, it's like, oh, thanks for joining us. It always strikes late. Keep it cool yeah. out there, guys. Yeah. Don't strike first, strike last. Yeah, exactly. Now we'll, <laughs> we'll leave you all to the sultry tunes of Kenny G. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny Gore. Woo do 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 do. The best oh. gore. What's that smooth jazz coming out of the forest? No, don't go in there. It's a trap. <laughs> oh. Get you got it. I, I think you got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh.